the global health and local health has been uh, never more interrelated than now. So there isn't such a thing as global health out there. And it's not about the thing out there of other people far away. Global health is our health. Hi everyone, I'm Gary Aslan and I'm the host and moderator of the Global Health Matters podcast. And you are listening to Public Health Inside Podcast. Thanks for listening. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. The opposite of slow down is going fast and our next segment is called Insight Blitz where we ask you a series of questions or read some brief statements, Dr. Eslanian, and you can provide a brief response to that. Okay. Shall we begin? Let's try. Let's try for it? Okay. All right, so the first question here is, what is your favorite way to stay up to date with global health news? Right, I don't know if there's a favorite way, but increasingly social media, obviously, something that has come up more and more and virtually now even more, we use that. It's a bit of a dangerous thing because you can go the rapid hole and spend an hour and you go like, oh my God, what happened? Where the hour has gone? Also, it's really, you know, when when possible, read some, I mean, read some articles or read some summaries of or look at some opportunities where you can listen to presentations. So there's probably not one way. And of course, my favorite way to keep up with global health is actually learning from 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 the situations we are. And it's not everyone can actually afford that. But in my job, like that's probably the the easiest way to understand is to speak with people. And then, of course, learn through, let's say, more sort of traditional sources, but learn from those who are doing and learn from those who are in it. Long answer, but I hope you like it. Good answer. Good answer. What is your favorite part about working at the WHO and TDR? Oh, Jesus. Favorite part. So there is never a dull moment. Let's put it that way. That's probably the favorite part. Now, part of it is because there are so many projects I work on. So there is every day something is happening and it's not really... um, But I thrive on that. I think some people may find it extremely stressful and maybe I just don't don't notice that as much as I should for my own sake. But I don't mind and I don't find that doing different things actually is sort of at the cost of the other. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned this few things that I've done, including doing learning from the work globally and using that when I give sort of the engagement with this global health diplomacy thing in the University of Toronto. So these things kind of connect. 
So in my day job as well, I work for a program that engages with researchers, but then we also engage with policymakers. But of course, when you engage with policymakers, you bring the perspective that the researcher needs to keep in mind when they pose those questions, because otherwise, what's the use of doing research if you are not using the sort of the language of the policymaker? Another long answer. That's a great, another great answer. You're on a roll here. We touched on this a little bit before about we can't all be competent at everything all at once, but mm. list some important traits of being a leader in global health and maybe some things that are transferable to whatever stage you are in your career and no matter where you're working in global health. Right. The recognition of having, having to learn, I think that's an important and kind of makes you the humility of it is extremely important. You arrive there. You may not be there right away. Um, it, it, it's a, it, you have to get there yourself in your own way. So I found that the humility of it, of uh, not pretending that you actually can know everything. So, and so that's important. The other thing, extremely important for those involved in global health, because we work with, you know, different colleagues, communities, people all over the world, is really to listen and really to have that ability to understand and listen and, and really process some of it because um, without that, we can really be, we can make a lot of mistakes. And the, maybe the other one would be pragmatism. I mean, of course, sometimes you can be shocked by the complexity or on the surface, oh my God, how do we resolve that? So you have to kind of pragmatically say, okay, to achieve the results I want here with or we or group of people, we're going to be pragmatic and we're going to do these three things. We're not going to do 100 things. So pragmatism is extremely an important skill to be able to actually say, okay, we're just going to focus on this and be pragmatic and achieve this and build on that in our next step. I hope that helps you. I mean, increasingly now communication and engaging through different networks and speaking with, with colleagues all over the world, all of that skill is important, but it's not a skill on its own. I find that it's a vehicle to achieve other results. That's wonderful. Who or what has influenced you the most in your career so far? So who? I, so I think... Maybe it's hard to say who and pick just one. And that's a bit difficult because I've really been able to learn from a lot of mentors in being working or volunteering at different parts of my career. But perhaps I'll pick one example. And it's influenced because it really forced me to look at things differently. And it's my volunteering with the Ontario Public Health Association. So this goes back to many years. And then I have become the president of the Ontario Public Health Association. And it was just after SARS. And that was an extremely challenging time in terms of public health renewal and changes and reforms that were coming in. And that really forced me to 
learn so much that I never knew I would be able to learn in, in that short period of time. Mm -hmm. In terms of being able to advocate, work with others who are in public health in Ontario, provide that kind of um, leadership in shaping government's reforms in public health. Ontario has established the Public Health Ontario at the time, changed the ministry and had all of these plans after SARS and federal government really shaped up with establishing public health agency. That was really interesting time and reaffirmed what I learned early on, the political in public health and the sort of inseparable link between public health and political. I had a mentor in Toronto Public Health who used to say P in public health is for political. Hmm. Interesting. That's, I'm finding that myself too. That's something that I didn't anticipate I'm sure, yeah. starting I'm sure. as a public health practitioner. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that. You have worn many hats so far in your career and continue to wear many hats. So I'm curious to know, what is your favorite thing to do in your spare time? Hopefully you have some. Yeah, I do. And, and I think, I mean, some physical activity or biking or try, just not trying to look at screens is a big deal these days for all of us, probably. I like to travel when I have the opportunity. I think that's something that I like doing. I like to cook. And it's more of a challenge thing that I would say, okay, who said I can't make this dish? Of course I can. <laughs> so let's try. Most of the time it works out. And I also like to, when I can, to improve. I like learning new languages. And of course, I've used some of them in my work, but also improving it or building on that knowledge or God forbid, learn another one. But that's, I find it very useful because in, in interacting with people, so much is changing the minute you speak the same language. Yeah. And if it's the same language, a lot of the, a lot of the misconception, terminology, worldview, because language is not just language. Huh? It, it's a culture, world, sort of how people perceive things and how they are in the society. So if when I can, I try and improve the skills because at the end of the day, you cannot be perfect in any second or third language that you've learned. So I, I invest some of that time in, in that. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing. That brings us to the end of the Insight Blitz segment. And back to you, LaShawn, for our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Gordon. Maybe a year ago, I came across a webinar series by the Dalai School of Public Health, which was the first time I actually came across your work, Dr. Aslanian. And in that webinar, I think you were moderating and you were really talking about shaping Canada's global health future and some of the discussions around a global health strategy for Canada. But before we get there, I wanted to talk about, in your opinion, what are some of these current trends or pressing issues that are shaping Canada's role in the global health landscape? Right. So again, I'll go back to that earlier example from Toronto Public Health. I think we're still looking at global in many places as a quote unquote, something that affects others. Mm -hmm. So that a bit of a uh, surprise to me because at the time of the pandemic, I felt that will not be this time. Perhaps we'll see how that goes. And we've learned a lot, but 
um, for in, in that webinar that you've mentioned, I mean, it was part of that in the when I was helping to moderate to look at how can, let's say, many governments are struggling with this. How can public health be more global in terms of approaches? And it's not just for your own country. And that includes Canada and those discussions need to happen. So although pandemic kind of erased any doubts that health is a global phenomenon, and so we really wanted to make sure that's not lost and we there there will be um, urgently kind of a need for that kind of an approach from from Canada's global health leadership together and such an amazing sort of history for Canada in the past i mean really helping and investing in polio elimination or being on the front, forefront of HIV pandemic, malaria, TB, maternal and newborn child health. All of these are great examples of Canada's leadership. It just in addressing the health threats, what we or what some of those discussions are happening, that the division between domestic and global policy should be reduced. And many countries have tried that, Sean. So in terms of Germany, France, Norway, Switzerland, they have global health strategies. Mm-hmm. They have their, they've established strategies. They've tried things. Some of it maybe worked, some of it didn't work. And perhaps I think what was, what is on the table, should we have one for Canada or should we try and have one for Canada? And how would it look like? We have an an additional layer of complexity in addition to a very multifaceted federal national approach. We also have very decentralized health systems around provinces and engagement of provinces in public health. So it's even more complex, but it, it doesn't mean that kind of discussion should not happen. And it's a good time after the experience and it's still fresh in our minds it's good time for us to engage in that. Yeah, and absolutely. And one of the takeaways for me during that webinar that was held was I was I was shocked to learn that Canada didn't have some sort of global health strategy. Mm. And like you mentioned, Canada being richly involved in global health with all the initiatives that you were talking about earlier, I was just like, this could be a prime opportunity to ha- start having those discussions, which I'm convinced that you and your colleagues have started having. I know you guys are working on uh, some sort of global health strategy initiative. Can you tell us a bit more about what that's about? Right. So, I, I mean, again, happy to provide input into that and led by the Center for Global Health at the Dalai School of Public Health, where they've engaged in that process of should we have one, like should Canada have one policy or global health strategy and what it will look like, how it will be. It's not really prepared preparing the strategy because that's not really the job or of the academic institution it's really a political and policy and governmental kind of approach but it's more to look at they've looked at the lay of the land who is involved what's going on uh, what would it look like who who did what in this uh, uh, space in other countries what can we learn from them 
and have developed a sort of draft discussion paper that's been circling around. From what I understand, I think a plan is made to discuss some of it at the, what is it now called, the Canadian Conference on Global Health. The global Health. Right. I believe there will be something on that. Last time I spoke with colleagues at the school at the Dalalana. It's very, I mean, I think it's very good to have this dialogue mm-hmm. and engage and, and also um, engage some of the stakeholders and players, let's say from federal government. I'm sure they are going to reach out to them for these for these discussions. And, and then people like you who are interested in this, perhaps uh, this is something that they, uh, needs to be put on the table. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a decision by, I don't know, the federal agencies uh, where they would go with that and all of that. But it's, it's, it's a, useful, a useful thing to do to reflect on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely an amazing starting point to just start that discussion and keep the dialogue going. So if you have any links that you could provide for our audience to learn more about it, we're more than happy to share that and keep the discussion going. Okay, we'll do. All right. Taking us home here. And one thing I've been curious to hear from you this whole time because I'm sure it will be a great answer. No pressure. <laughs> you just put so much pressure on me. I know. Now. <laughs> I, I did it on purpose. I want to know, what is the most impactful lesson you've learned in your career so far? Hmm. I probably understanding and working within complexity is the lesson one learns in public health. But even more, I guess, similarly, is is in global health and complexity and and the need to work within that environment and whichever job you do. I think it's not uh, specific. I would probably be able to remove the global health or public health from that sentence and put any other. And it's probably because the, the times we're living in terms of the tools we have and globalization or access to information. And I think that's understanding of the complexity as a primary skill was a lesson I would say I learned and 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 try to 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 use when whenever possible. So that'd be um that'd be number one I would mention, no doubt. Yeah. I mean I'm sure there are others, but that of course no that's a good mind. one. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. You delivered on that. You met uh, you met my expectations. So you're also the host and moderator of the Global Health Matters podcast. Right. Tell us about our audience, of course, avid podcast listeners. So give us a little elevator pitch up about what you discuss on the show. Okay. I mean, we propose this as TDR, of course, bearing in mind that we are only one player in the global health world. But we also realize that there isn't really a lot out there when it comes to global health podcasts. And most importantly, also, whatever we were going to propose was going to have an element of either production of evidence or research production or use of it or people who are involved in it. And um, so very quickly, we also didn't want to make it very narrow focused and look at global health from various angles and making sure that the people globally who we work with are involved in it. 
And it's not about us, really. It's about those who are working in it. Sure, I moderate and I'm the host. I'm sitting here in Geneva, but the people and the guests are the ones who really bring the the substance or to the discussion. And we've started looking at various aspects of it, anything from women in science to environment and climate change to decolonization of global health, or just a recent episode is actually focused on careers in global health. We are in our second season. It's a monthly podcast coming out every month. And it's really focused on country experiences, people who work in different parts of the world. It is in English, We though we have people who come from uh, different countries where English is not official language. That kind of limits its reach, but it also enriches the way that some of the voices or perspectives come to the table uh, that otherwise may or may not have uh, mixed. And I actually find found one comment made once to me by a colleague in Brazil who has told me, oh my God, I had no idea people speak with such different diversity of English accents in the world. This was an eye-opener for me. Just to say that um, there, the audience is quite diverse and we're really proud of having engaged people from all over the world. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. And if you follow me on Twitter, I'll keep you updated on new episodes whenever they come out awesome and we'll include a link in the description as well when we release this episode what is your take-home message for our audience having listened to you throughout this conversation take-home message really goes back to what i said in the beginning the global health and local health has been uh, never more interrelated than now So there isn't such a thing as global health out there. And Mm. it's not about the thing out there of other people far away. Global health is our health. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.